Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. Today's guest is Travis Folks. Travis is a high-performance coach, a mindset life coach, and host of the podcast Mixed Martial Arts Subway. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you, and I really appreciate your help. Travis, thank you so much for joining us on the coaching call. I appreciate your time. How are you? Oh, I am doing great. I, I, I appreciate you having me on the call. Definitely been looking forward to it. So, you know, with all the stuff going on, you know, it just is definitely a a good spot right now. Yeah, I hear you. So tell us what kind of a coach you are. I mean, I, I see everything that you're doing and, and it's awesome and, and you do so much. It's really incredible what you're doing. But tell us what your main focus is at the moment. Well, my main focus is more mental coaching than than anything else when it comes to uh, coaching, which, as you can see, kind of encompasses everything that I do. Mm-hmm. My focus is basically trying to understand why things kind of happen and then how to help people correct them in different ways because everybody's different. So that's why I have so many different skills. And all those skills are what helps you become a, such an awesome coach. How did you how did you get started with coaching, by the way? Well, I was in the Pacific Northwest. Actually, I was in Washington State. And I was going to, you know, I'm into gemstones. So I was in a metaphysical bookstore. And I had overheard a conversation about people talking about NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. And I, it piqued my interest. You know, I was in the right place at the right time and, and, and overheard a, a powerful conversation that really resonated with me. And then I looked into it, and then I started that process of really getting to understand it and then started to become a practitioner. And then that led to me being a master practitioner. And... The rest is history. Mm, absolutely. So it's funny how a spark of just a couple of words introduced you to what you're doing and, and kind of, would you say it changed your life? Oh, by far, by far. Mm-hmm. It, it opened me up to, or more to who I am at my core. I've always been 
uh, a helper. You could say I've always been a coach. I just didn't understand exactly what I was doing. And that listening to that conversation really hit home and I guess kind of helped to bring that to the surface. That's, that's cool. But you, you, like you said, you've always been a coach. You were a high performance coach as well. Yes. Yes. That was, that was fun. That was fun because that's more or less in the business world. That's helping people take their skills in an office setting or any type of work setting to a new level, helping management, teaching them skills and tool, giving them the tools so they can also raise their game as well. That's, that's, that's fun because that's like the business side of it instead of just the personal side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how did that come about? Well, I was, I had just moved and I was basically looking for work and I'm like, well, you know, I can do this. I can do this. And I had already had the training. So I went and basically applied and got the job and the rest, the rest, as, as I love to say, is history. Because it, it's just crazy to look back to, to think, uh, just talking to you just takes me back, mm. you know, to those fond memories of how things started and, and all the people that I've met along the way. I mean, loving to help people. So to help people better themselves so they can better support their families, you know, at the time seemed like a great thing and I'm happy I thought that way. So with that in mind, you've taken coaching and you've you've really made it part of your life. When did you realize you wanted to fully share it and and you've evolved from where you started? When did you say this is really this is all I want to do? I would say about 2 or 3 years in, I knew I would coach for life, mm. regardless of what else was going on in my life, because life will throw you curveballs, knuckleballs, and everything else under the sun. But I knew at that point, about two years in, that this was something that I will do until I can't do it anymore, which will be forever and a day, because basically as long as I can talk, I'll be coaching. Mm. <laughs> so that that's uh, that's pretty cool, because when you think about coaching, a lot of people don't understand what a coach is. They think, oh, yeah, my son plays soccer and that's his soccer coach or his baseball coach. And they think that that's the only type of coaching there is. But when there are so many different aspects of it, when you talk about linguistics, when you talk about mental capacity, or when you talk about emotions and reactions and what and how we get people to do different things, that's the deeper part of a, what a coach does. And I don't think everybody sees that. And that's why this podcast was a, a big thing for me because I've been training people since I was a little kid. And talking to someone like yourself who you've done so much and you've evolved and I can see your, your progress by the information you gave me. And I, I love it because it lets everybody know that you may start somewhere in a path and as long as you're open, it, more things will start to fill you in. How do you feel about what or your experiences in that regard? Oh, well, just growth is growth is evolution. You know, it, it's going to happen with you or without you, you know. And when you choose to kind of go with it and you, and you choose to continue to flow, uh, I'm a firm believer in energy. 
I'm a firm believer in energy transfer. Mm -hmm. As in every time you meet someone, whether that be in person, over the phone, even in passing, there is an energy transfer. And to grow, I look at growth as I met somebody in the grocery store and they said hello. And at that moment, there was a transfer. Now, I might not recognize what that transfer was right away. It might take me months. It could take me years. But every encounter brings about something. So, you know, just to grow. And again, I've some of the certifications and recertifications that I've done and just, of course, opens another door because you look and it's, wait, there's something else. Mm. Wait a minute. That sounds really interesting. And you move on it. A lot of people again, like you said, don't really know the just behind some of the things that we do. And literally sometimes it's just, hey, that's just a spinoff of this. And then that's just a spinoff of that. So it was easy for me to grow because I never left my core. It's almost like spokes to a wheel. I stayed at center and then the spokes just came off of the center. Mm -hmm. So I never had to change wheels. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, all those spokes is what's what's keeping the center together, right? Yes, indeed, because I look at coaching as this. Every person that I help is a piece of me, is a part of my makeup, is a part of my psyche. And at that point, by me, helping them also helps me. So it's quite therapeutic, actually. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. The more you help someone, you... (laughs) You know, the reason I I teach martial arts, right? I teach Kung Fu. And every time I teach someone something, it's like I'm giddy because I'm, I'm, I'm relearning it myself. Because for me to teach it to someone, I need to know it inside and out. I need to know it forwards and backwards. I need to be able to do it on the left side of my body. I need to be able to do it on the right side of my body. My brain is fully connected at that moment with so many things that are going on, my movement, their movement, my body mechanics, their body mechanics, the acceptance of the movements, whether they accept the movement or I have to figure out a way to get them to understand the movement so they can accept the movement. So you're right. As a coach and when you're helping someone, it actually, for me, it invigorates me. And it challenges me to take it a step further, to help that person. I want all my students to be way better than me. So how can I possibly do that? I got to give them more than I ever received. And for me, that's huge. And it sounds like you're doing the same thing. Oh, definitely. I I, I 100% agree. And and 100% agree. It's all about giving back. Again, that transfer. And, they, and, and you know the age-old saying, there's no better way to learn than to teach. Well, because you can't teach unless you understand it. Exactly. And the more you teach, the more you understand. <laughs> so in a perfect world, and we're living in and <laughs> the world is a little upside down now. And a lot of people have taken the negativity and, and stuck with it. You have not. You've done so much during this time. Can you share what your thoughts are and what happens when there is turmoil? Well, it's the world that we live in, of course, like you said, in a perfect world, it wouldn't be that way. But if it was a perfect world, 
I don't think we'd actually grow mm. as individuals, as human beings. It's, it's, the, it's the growth from chaos. It's how things are formulated. Things aren't always going to be even or stable. And it's what you do when those things aren't stable, when they're not even and it's chaotic. Like you said, do you feed the chaos or do you stay centered? Or as centered as possible, trying to find new footing. A lot of people will just stay still. Well, you may incur some damage. You teach, you know, Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes you got to seek, you got to move. You got to get out the way. Mm. You know, standing still, could you take it? Yeah. Do you want to absorb that type of blow or energy? Mm, probably not. You can if you have to. My thing is to keep mentally strong and to keep my mind focused. It's being focused on what silver lining can I find in this? Where's the lesson? I was put in this position for a reason. It might not make sense to me now, but what is that reason? And keep that focus to find the answer. Because we're giving, we're giving answers all the time. We ask questions repeatedly, and usually those answers aren't packaged the way we want them to be. So a lot of times we kind of miss certain, certain openings, I guess you could say. So for me, it's just trying to see, okay, so we are in the midst of something that we haven't seen in modern times. Okay, so what's my solution? So I'm going to focus on a solution. We all know the problem. So what's the solution? And how can I better help create that solution? How can I be that solution and really help other people? And basically taking the focus off of me during times like this. Mm -hmm. Because again, if I'm helping somebody else, I'm also helping myself. So it, it really intensifies that, especially when you see people in the times that we're in right now that are in such times of need when it comes to anxiety and worry, doubt, fear uh, has crept into even the strongest of people. And when you see stuff like that, it really makes you realize like, look, hey, you know, I got to focus even harder. I really have to stay the course. I know better. I have the tools to use them. But then again, at the end of the day, it's all a choice. And I choose to use those skills and maintain those skills, even when the chips are down and we're in the midst of a pandemic and, you know, people are like, gosh, you're crazy because I even stopped charging people. They need help. Mm -hmm. I, I, <laughs> you know, yeah, I can help you, but I need a little cash right now. No, I, no, I don't. I, do I need the money? Yeah, but is money, is money everything? No, but is helping people? That's everything to me. That is everything. So helping other people is what really is what's really driving me right now. You, you know, it's it's funny thinking of the analogy when when you're on an airplane and they talk about when the oxygen mask falls down. Please, you know, you know, make sure you take care of yourself first before you help someone else. And I think when when chaos happens, some people will do it in the proper way if if you're an airplane and it comes down and there's a child next to you do you put the mask on the child first or yourself and a lot of people will not think because their love and their emotions they let the emotions take over instead of what has to be done maybe they'll pass out and they won't be able to help anybody so the important thing 
that a coach should always understand is that before they can coach anyone, before they can do anything for anyone else, they need to make sure that they are on their top of their game. They understand what they're going to show someone before they do it. And sometimes, it depends on, on, on the type of coaching there is, maybe they have to drill that technique a thousand times before they share it with someone. And I think a lot of people are almost like they learned a technique and they're showing it the next hour to someone instead of really analyzing it and understanding it. You know what I'm saying because you're <laughs> laughing, but it's so true. And there's a lot of coaches who are beginners and it's understandable, but they don't realize that they have to understand what they're going to be talking about. Fully comprehend it, fully know it inside and out before they share it. Because if they don't share it properly, they're only doing damage. Yep. So Travis, like I was saying, one of the things that a lot of people are doing is they're teaching, and, and you kind of laughed on it, is that they're teaching the minute they learn a technique, they go to a seminar or they go somewhere else, and then they go and bring it to their clients without first analyzing it and understanding fully what it is that they're sharing with someone. And in some instances, they can actually be doing more damage than good. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, definitely. I, I agree wholeheartedly because at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle. It's something that you live. Is it a, is it a job? Yes, technically, I guess if you're if you're accepting money for it, then yes, it is a job. But to immerse yourself in it completely is is truly where you become even more beneficial to the people that you're helping to your clients because, like you said, if not, you're 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 giving them a shell that's hollow. There's nothing in it. It has no substance, really. You you've kind of given them enough to be dangerous, as they say, mm -hmm. and that's a problem because when you're dealing with the mind and you're dealing with emotion and you really don't know what you're doing, it could create a void that may never be recovered from. And I mean, nothing against anyone who is new to the business or new to the art, nothing at all. I, I commend you for doing it because a lot of people wouldn't do it because you really do really get deep when it comes to helping people. And it, and it, it's an interesting feeling. You definitely have to learn how to kind of cleanse your energy sometimes because mm. it can it can get heavy. Right. But at that same token, it's something that if you really commit yourself and you really, really, truly immerse yourself in your craft, just like in anything, you truly will see the benefits of it because you'll see it in your clients. You'll see it in the people you're coaching. They'll feel confident because you feel confident. They'll be just as shaky as the new individual who, like you said, went to the seminar, was there for four hours, and now all of a sudden took on 10 clients and, ha and, and is winging it. Mm. At that point, they're going to mimic you and they're going to start winging it. And that's bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that could have a very, very bad outcome. Right. I mean, look, we all started somewhere, right? And there's nothing wrong with new coaches. But I think that in order to be able to help someone. You can't just go to one seminar, read one book, and all of a sudden, you know, like the heavens opened up and you know everything. Experience is, is critical. I was talking to someone the other day and they said, you know, 
What can I learn from a 23-year-old life coach? He hasn't even lived yet. For someone to become a life coach, I think in the reality of everything is they might have had to live a little bit and they might have had to have some experiences because you cannot share what experiences another person had fully unless you either were there and sharing it with them or you or it's, it's just an example that you can share with people like you can always say hey my friend went through this and this is what they did and that's fine but you cannot give them a firsthand uh, experience because you didn't go through it so a lot of the things that i believe coaches are doing is they've lived it really good coaches have done it they thought about it it's almost like when you take a person and you start working with them the minute they leave do you stop thinking about the situation i don't think so not a really good coach they're going to go hmm that that person needs this type of help that kind of help and even though that person may be paying for your coaching and they may be paying for an hours worth of your coaching they're going to be getting however many years of experience you have. And not only are you going to be giving them an hour, but if you're going to see them again, you've already had two, three, four, five hours thinking about how you're going to help them. So a lot of people don't understand the value of a coach as well. And some people go, well, why do you charge so much? Or why should, because in reality, you don't get someone who just learned how to put on a tire to say, hey, can you change all my tires? When they just learned it five minutes ago, you want somebody who's had some experience to change the tires. Otherwise, you're going to be down the road and one tire is going to fall off. So experience is, is critical for a coach. And once they have the experience to continue learning, you've done so much and you've met so many people and you've helped so many people. Why are you still coaching? What, 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 what does it attract? Why are you attracted to it? You know, I, I've, I've had a lot of life experience. And, you know, they say, they say a cat has nine lives. And I think I'm probably on about 13 to 18, mm. to be honest with mm -hmm. you. Um, no wonder I like I you. <laughs> Travis, that's why I like you so, so much. So, so you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, I used to be a bouncer for five years in New York City. So... Yeah, I, you know, somehow I've, I've survived. You know, I mean, I was left here for a purpose, and it's so much bigger than me. You get to a point where it's just like, I get it now. Because if it was all about me, I'd have been gone decades ago. Mm. But, it's, but it's bigger than me. My purpose is, is, is bigger than just what I can even, I can fathom maybe a thumbnail of my actual purpose. Because it's because it, it, it obviously to keep me here. To help people, and that's what I do, and I and I love doing it. it, it it's something I don't I don't think about not doing it, and I'm constantly coaching all the time. I like I said, I run into people in a grocery store, and they'll just approach me out of nowhere, mm. and I'm having a full fledged conversation with somebody in a grocery store that I've never met before, mm. <laughs> and it's just a natural thing, so I can't turn it off. You know what I mean? It's not like a nine to five job mm -hmm. where, you know, the clock hits five o'clock and I clock at, you know, and I clock out. No, I'm, I'm, it, it's just who I am it's in every fiber of my being. And regardless of where I go, 
what I do. It's just there. So, like I said, for me, as long as I can communicate with somebody, I'm going to be coaching because that I feel that's one of the biggest purposes for me to be left on this planet is to help people. And in times like these that we're going through, uh, that just kind of reinforces that 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 thought. Absolutely, especially because of the times we're going through. You 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 did REBT, right? Rep. Can you tell us about that yeah. and what that means? Oh yeah, well that's <laughs> that's an interesting one because pretty much a lot of things when it comes to rep or rational emotive behavioral therapy. Mm. <laughs> it sounds it sounds really 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 intensive and in a, in a way it is basically what we do is more of like so say like working with children and children have like or a person would have like a behavioral problem and a lot of times that behavioral problem is based in a deep-seated deep-rooted uh emotion something happened they formulated a neural net now that is basically wired to that event that happening and unfortunately it creates a behavior a behavior which becomes a problem it's getting to the bottom of that i found that to be quite fun actually because i like to pick apart the brain mm. because it, it, it's an uncharted region it's almost like it's almost like the ocean we know there's water we know we have large oceans but when it comes to the mind it's and it's so individual each person has, you know, every part of the brain that's equal. But how it's used is different. How things, how people react, how it's stored. So the behavioral aspect of the therapy is, is such a beautiful thing because technically speaking, I mean, even the most centered individual could benefit from uh, rational emotive behavioral therapy mm -hmm. by far. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. You, you also, you're a mindset life coach. What, what does that mean? Let's say I never heard of what you do. I understand what you do, but how would you say, I say, hey, Travis, hey, I, he I heard you're a coach. Um, what kind of coach are you? You, you? you look strong. Are you like a sports coach? Gotcha. Well, it's being a mindset coach is literally seeing where someone's at mentally. And then it's okay because then, well, first, first, where did they want to be? Like, where do they want to go? What's your, what's your goal? Because everybody's goal is different. Like if I'm working with an athlete, their goal is to get them, their, them, their mind. Their body is already at a certain level. Mm -hmm. But to get their mind to a level that then can help their body take it to even a higher level. So at that point, it's helping to remove blocks. There could be, there could be a block that was, that was put in place when they were a kid in Little League. And they completely forgot about it on a conscious level. Mm -hmm. But on a subconscious level, that block is there. And it's finding that block. And that's where a lot of my uh, neuro-linguistic programming comes in. Because it's finding that block and then kind of replacing that block with an anchor of what you want to do. And just literally changing the mindset. And it, it's really fun to watch. Because you literally watch, it's almost like watching a lotus bloom, mm -hmm. you know, lotuses aren't, they, 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 they don't, they're not, they're not crafted in the nicest places. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to watch them blossom, to watch them grow is something that it, it, it I don't know. I, I find it to be rather intriguing and I love it because 
Each one grows differently because each person is different and everybody's mind is different. We can see the same exact thing or we think we see the same exact things until we're asked to describe them. And then at that point, I described them a little different than you, but yet still we saw the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So the fun of coaching and what I love about the mindset is helping people achieve the goal and the mindset that they would like to have because it's different with each individual client is different. And that's one thing I love about it. My job is never the same. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I can see a little difference where, say, a football coach, right? It's halftime and they're losing. He's got to bring every one of his players to become better. And it's through the mindset. It's through setting them up and letting them know that they have to do certain things. They have to, you know, pick here, pick there. But it's that mindset that the coach is trying to change instead of a losing team, we're a winning team. So absolutely, the mindset is incredibly very powerful when it is used in the right way. Because there's, there's a lot of people that we allow in everybody's lives, we allow people to come in and knock us down. And as a coach, you sometimes have to deal with that, right? You, you may have a client and they want the help. They're looking for it. But they may have someone in their life, and it could be a family member sometimes, who keeps triggering them in the in a negative way. How do you deal with someone like that? Well, I <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> it, it it can it can it can it can it can be it can be very very difficult because again they're constantly around them, and you know of course in the perfect world it's okay you can just leave them alone but that's your family mm-hmm. member. It could be your spouse. You know what I mean? A question that, I, that I've that i asked clients and, and, and some coaches ask me, they're like, how, 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 how could you say that? But at the same token, I've never gotten an ill response from what I'm about to say. And I'll ask them this with a very straight face. Does it hurt bad enough to change? Say that again. Does it hurt bad enough to change? Because once it hurts bad enough to change, it doesn't matter who's around you at that point. You will literally do whatever it takes to change. And that's focusing literally on you. Focusing on you doesn't mean you can't coexist with someone else. Mm -hmm. But your main focus is no longer on what they're saying. Your focus is on your self-talk. And the more they say what they say reinforces your self-talk. And that's a powerful statement to ask somebody because a lot of times, a lot of people, and, and they seriously think, like, wow, like, that's very profound. It is. And some people will tell you, well, I'm not sure. If you're not sure it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt that bad, then obviously you might have an addiction to whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. people are addicted to drama. People are addicted to stress. Why? Because the human body will create <laughs> a protein. <laughs> That basically you will get addicted to every time you get stressed, mm-hmm. and 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 that's an addiction. It it it, it, it should be labeled stress should be labeled an addiction. It it, it it it's mind blowing. It is a lot of people are attracted to tragedy or to to bad news. 
Um, this is why we have um, traffic sometimes when there's an accident across the street and everybody needs to look. And it's that they want, they want to see and, and they're looking for it. And instead of saying, you know, um, maybe you say, I, I hope that person's okay, which is anytime I see an accident, I kind of say, I hope that whatever happened, I said, whoever is in it, I hope they were okay. But, I, you know, that's what all the rubbernecking is from because everybody is always looking for the wrong thing. Instead of saying, you know, I, I hope that person's okay. And so many times it is the choice we make. We don't choose our family. We're born into them. You can choose your spouse, but you also need to choose that. Once you choose your spouse, it doesn't end there. You actually have to work for it to be a, 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 a successful a marriage or an encounter. You have to, even with your friends, you know, a lot of people go, oh, that's my friend. And they don't do anything for them. They don't help each other. They're not there supporting their friends. And likewise, for both of them. So an encounter, like you said earlier, there's energy there. And there's energy that you have to keep that fire going, whether it is with your family, whether it is with a, a, a mate, or whether it is with friends or colleagues even. So many times you hear people, I hate my job. Why do you hate your job? Oh, the people there are terrible. Why are they terrible? <laughs> Well, because this, that, and the other. <laughs> Meanwhile, they didn't realize that those there's nothing wrong with the people. Maybe you just don't like your job, but you had to make an excuse for it. So what you said is absolutely true, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, again, one of the many reasons why I continue to do what I do and will continue, because, again, it's never the same. It can be similar, but still never the same. And... They say perception is reality, and it's crazy when you watch someone's perception of something change. Like you said, well, it's not that I dislike my coworkers. I just don't like the fact that I have to wake up early every day to go to work. Mm -hmm. So it's not even the fact that you dislike your job. You just dislike waking up early. <laughs> but everything trickles down at that point where it, 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 you look for the easiest out mm -hmm. and the easiest thing, I hate my job. Mm -hmm. Your job's not going to talk back. Your job's not going to try to resolve. There's not going to be any quote-unquote conflict. So it's an, easy, it's an easy, you know, easy thing to point the finger at. Right. You know, and it's just like, oh, so if sending this, the question is, so if you could get up a little later, do you think that your thought or your perception of your job would change. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I just, I just really enjoy my sleep and, you know, I, I just, I, I took this job and I, I didn't think about the fact that I have to wake up early every day because I have to commute. Okay. So if you could find something a little closer to you doing something very similar, would you do it? Sure. I mean, it <laughs> It, that's an easy it's one. the perception it's you know look i live in new york and if you are in certain businesses you're gonna make more money if you go to new york i live in long island 
if you're in Long Island, you're going to get less money. But then you also have to outweigh the differences. Is it worth the headache of going on a train, spending an extra hour, hour and a half to get there, and spending hundreds of dollars to commute, or taking a little bit of a pay cut and driving to work where it takes you five to 10 minutes, even 20, what's, what's the benefit? Where, where, where are you going to be happiest? And a lot of people, you know, as a coach, we need to be able to help people understand their options. You know, if I'm coaching someone and they want to learn how to defend themselves, the first question I ask them is, why do you need to feel like you have to defend yourself? Are you going into bad neighborhoods? No, I just want to be, okay, perfect. Because we do live in a crazy world. I think everyone should be able to defend themselves. So then we have to find out why. What's their why? What's their purpose? Because we all have that. You have it. I have it. Everyone listening now is going to have it. We have to have a purpose. What is your purpose? And why is it important to you? And if it's very important to you, like you said earlier, are you willing to change to make it happen? I've had many people come to me and they want to lose weight. I said, absolutely, I can definitely help you. But let me ask you a question first. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What are you going to do about it? Oh, I'm just going to come once a week. I'm like, okay, you're not ready. <laughs> once a week is not going to do it for you. <laughs> it's a daily event. You want to make a difference in your marriage, your relationships. You want to make a difference with your kids. You want to make a relationship better at work. You want to do anything. You want to get more fit. You want to become smarter. Everything requires a commitment. And we live in a world where a lot of people just can't make a commitment. Do you come across that a lot? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Unfortunately, uh, the times that we live in, it's looking to point the finger at somebody else instead of turning within and saying, how can I get better? Mm -hmm. And it's making that once, because once you make that commitment to get better, then that almost becomes an obsession. Because it feels good. Like you start to feel yourself changing and you want it. Kind of like working out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You start working out and it hurts. And you're like, oh, this hurts. But once you start to get past the hurt a little bit, you start to like it. Mm -hmm. You feel bad when you can't go to the gym that day. And it, and it messes with you. And it becomes an obsession that I need to get better. I'm enjoying getting better. I feel better. But again, that lack of commitment, and I don't know. I look back, and, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I was speaking with someone yesterday um, about this, how things have changed over the years and how when I was younger, 47, and basically when I was younger, there were no participation trophies. There were no ribbons. Either you won or you didn't, and if you wanted to win, busted your butt, and made yourself better. And now it's average is okay. When I was growing up, average was not okay. Mm -hmm. it, just, it just simply was not. Either you committed to be the best you could be, or you didn't do it. Yeah. And I look now, and, well, why would I commit? Nobody else is committing. 
also being non-committal is average now. Oh, okay. So everybody's okay with being average, you know, just non-committal. Ah, I'll just sit on the fence forever. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny you, you so talk much. about uh, medals and, and all this kind of stuff. I used to compete and I used to compete internationally. And whenever I got a trophy or something, uh, I was like, what am I going to do with this thing? It's just going to collect us. So I would bring them home and put them in my basement. And every so often, I, like, I got to clean the basement. I throw them out. And people are like, you throw out your trophies? I'm like, they didn't mean anything to me. It For me, the real accomplishment was competing. For me to be able to be in that position where it was a, an adrenaline rush, it was such a, an amazing moment. The moment meant more to me than, you know, I've gotten trophies that are taller than me. I'm six foot one. They meant nothing to me. And, and in my school, there's not one trophy. And I don't even really even, I have a bunch of plaques. And people are like, why don't you have your plaques up? I'm like, and I'm not saying that I'm not grateful. And I just don't feel I've, and I said it to someone earlier, uh, someone reached out to me and they, they want to become friends with me because, you know, they're a master in, in Kung Fu and this and that. But, you know, for some reason they think I'm something. Um, I still believe I'm just a beginner. And for me, if I accept the fact that I'm like, oh, I'm a world champion, to me that doesn't mean anything. Because for me, every day I need to be challenged. And for me, it's important to understand that, hey, today I need to grow. I need to be better than I was yesterday. I've been doing martial arts for 45 years. I need to be better than I was yesterday. This is why I still train. I When I go on vacation, I've been to Vegas, you know, and you hang out, you go to the casinos, you, you, you watch a show, you come home, it's, you know, your hotel, it's one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Without a doubt, 6 a.m., I'm ready to go to the gym. And people are like, aren't you tired? I said, nope, I'm here to work out. You're on vacation. Uh, yes, I am. And I'm going to get my good hour, hour and a half, and then I can relax. Then I could go sit, in, you know, in the sunshine. So for me, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people, maybe may I'm an anomaly because I know a lot of people, they'll accomplish something and then that's it. They stop there. When there is so many more goals to be had. Well, martial artists are are truly a special breed of individual. You mean crazy? Uh, I've been blessed. <laughs> no, oh, not crazy at no, all. That's I, mean, what, it, it, I it, think it, crazy's right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, to, to, to put yourself through something like that definitely is outside of the norm. Let's <laughs> just say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But it's a different, when a martial artist competes, it's like you said, it's not about a trophy. It's about testing your skill. And you can you consistently want to test your skill. Versus in other uh, like in like in a sport, like in a in, even in an individual sport, it's different because when it comes to martial arts, it literally it, there's a code. 
and 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 a lot of people, if you know, listeners out there, if if you're a martial artist, you get it. Mm-hmm. You understand exactly what it is. But for people who play just team sports, and they, and and you you look at those things differently because it's martial arts is a discipline. Truly. It's a lifestyle. Truly. Mm-hmm. You play baseball. You play football. You play basketball. You don't play martial arts. You live martial arts. You become a martial artist. And the longer you do it, the more serious you take it. You literally just want to compete against the best to test your skill. Because basically you know that some that somebody's gotta be out there. You're looking for your match. And then and then here's the crazy thing. Once you find that individual, it makes you ten times better. Mm-hmm. Because now you're gonna take yourself to the next level. And then you just keep going. And then you just keep going. And you keep going. Think about it. Bruce Lee had to go through what he went through to become what he became. Because basically it was like, I'm, well, I'm kind of like the baddest man right now until, and once he realized, wait a minute, I'm really, I'm good, but I'm not as good as I thought I was. I need to change some things up. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, he grew. But see, not only did he grow in his style, he matured. See, a lot of people don't look at the maturity level of things. And that's one thing that I look at as a coach is not only you know, IQ, yeah, okay. But what's the EQ? What's your emotional quotient? What is that? Because as that grows, literally, as that grows, it takes everything else to another level, which is why you're getting so many athletes right now really not only doing good, but thriving in your late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. and they used to be 20 years ago. They were washed up. Mm-hmm. These are washed up athletes. But now, but now, that emotional quotient is now such a key factor that, wow, you got a 38-year-old guy who they said should have retired five years ago beating up on a 25-year-old guy like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's levels to this. And you can physically be better. But again, where is that? where is that mindset? Where is that emotional quotient? I tell people all the time, I'm like, the greatest coach ever, Vince Lombardi. Why? Because Vince Lombardi got the best out of each person he touched. He got them to buy into their job. You don't worry about the next guy. You focus on your job. And if you do your job good, that's what you worry about. People can't remember people on Vince Lombardi's teams outside of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But how many titles did the man win? They, they 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 turned Green Bay into title town. It, it it's funny because you're talking and I'm over here shaking my head yes yes to everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're so so right. I mean I'm over here shaking my head and I'm thinking I look like a bobblehead because I'm like I'm so agreeing with you. Everything you're saying it, it it's sometimes mind boggling how deep we can get into coaching and everything you're saying is so true it's, well, it's, again for some of us it's a job for some of us it's a lifestyle it's who we are it, it, it's who we've always been it's allowed us to become more 
to do more, to be better, to focus on helping others get better. You know, if you help enough other people achieve their goals, you are guaranteed to achieve your goal. I, I still, so, one day I'm going to get a job, I promise. I promise one day I'm going to go get, I'm going to work. <laughs> I don't feel like I work. I feel like I'm just, I'm supposed to get a job. I'm supposed to do something with my life, but I cannot stop what I'm doing. And a lot of people, even my own family, like, oh, you, you know, you got to, you got to go do something for real. I'm like, really? <laughs> I guess um, it's okay. As long as I'm happy. You know, you, you also have a podcast. Would you share with us about that? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. I have the Johnny Quantum Show. Uh, you know, I started in podcasting way back when it was internet radio. It wasn't even podcasting mm. then. It was internet radio, like the new thing. I love interviewing people. I love to give people a platform to showcase themselves. A lot of people don't understand how to brand themselves. They don't understand how to market themselves. So to give people a platform that they can speak about themselves and let people get to know them. And because it's the emotional connection that that is needed. You know, I can look at your body of work and okay, no problem. And what makes you different than the next guy or the next young lady? Okay. But now if I've got to know you, I can I now know something about you. Wait a minute. I can relate to you. Hey, you know what? I think I might like, you know, go out and buy that piece of merchandise or I might watch that next fight or I might go to that next sporting event or I might buy their book or frequent their shop because now there is a different type of bond there now. And to give people a platform to really let people get to know them, let people in and let them share themselves with the world so to speak. I mean, people don't understand. We are on www stands for World Wide Web. So when you're on a podcast, you're international. You're global. Absolutely. You can, somebody can listen and they can be clear across the country. They could be in a different country and hear something that you've got to say that can help them in such a profound way and you will never, ever know. It's, it's you know, Language is so powerful. What we say and the way it's said can, like you said, have a profound effect on a person. And you don't know it. And it could be a positive one or it could be a negative one. So everything that you hear, you have to, you know, analyze. So we have to analyze everything we, we are bombarded with every day. Some of it is positive, unfortunately, in, in our world, because people like to stop and rubberneck. A lot of it is negative. So we have to take and analyze everything. Like you just said, what are you going to do and how do you touching people? So the name of your podcast, you, you, you said Johnny Quantum, right? But it's also Mixed Martial yes. Arts Subway. Explain that to me. Yes, the MMA Subway. That is. Okay, you could almost say it's almost like a net, like I have a mini network. Mm, cool. <laughs> so the MMA subway is the mixed martial arts subway. 
And I came up with that because basically on a subway, being from New York City, you could you you can fully understand that <laughs> there is every you know there is every walk of life that's on a subway, and in the world of mixed martial arts, you get people fighting from every walk of life that have found a discipline or multiple disciplines, and being a New Yorker, upstate New Yorker. It's one of those things to where, like, the MMA subway. I love it. And I just ran with it. And the name Johnny Quantum comes from way back when I lived in Washington State. And I got into quantum mechanics and quantum physics. Mm. So they just started calling me Johnny Quantum. Here comes Johnny Q. (laughs) I figured, okay, so I'll use that as my on-air name or on-air personality. And it just stuck. Uh-huh. And I, like I said, I've, I've interviewed, uh, I show talk with the masters, uh, talking to uh, martial artists, grandmasters, uh, Skokies, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on mm-hmm. uh, of people who have been very pivotal in martial arts. And, and I've interviewed authors of books and people from TV and, of course, athletes from many different sports. And so, you know, it, it, at one point, at one point, I was literally on air five days a week. Hmm. Five days a week. Five days a week because having I, fun, huh? Yep. <laughs> oh, look. Look, if you're enjoying it, it's not a no, job. that's why it I'm saying. That not it's, a job. It's, it had to have been so much fun. <laughs> five days a week. Wow. Love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, just, I mean, look. It's something that in which it's something that it's empowering. It really is empowering. And like I said, for me at least, it's therapeutic. I can I can get out there. So it's just like coaching. I'm coaching while I'm interviewing. Mm-hmm. I'm coaching while I'm while I'm talking to these people. I'm coaching. I'm learning. They're learning. Every again, the energy exchange. Yeah. And to exchange that energy. Mm-hmm. Is, is something that it, it's, again, it, not everybody's wired that way. <laughs> <laughs> true. Not so everybody true. is wired that way, you know? But when you find that calling and you find that niche and you really, really feel it, it, it you know, I, look, if, if I didn't have bills to pay, I'd do it for free. Mm-hmm. I really would. I, I wouldn't charge. I've always told people, it's like, look, in a perfect world, I would put on a robe, grab a staff, and just walk around the world and help people. Mm. <laughs> In a perfect world. Right, right. So then you need to win the so, lotto so that you you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> well, well, but you got to think about yeah. it. In a way, I got my wish. You did. Because I can touch just as many people digitally now with the use of technology than I probably ever could walking and helping. You can reach them around the world. So, they're, they're listening to you from Australia, Canada, you know, Uruguay, anywhere. They're, the whole world can listen to you and take your advice. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, so I didn't get the robe or the staff, but I got a microphone and a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're comfortable. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and you got to so go again, like I said earlier, 
the opportunities that we seek and that we're looking for aren't always packaged in what we wanted. But it's just the fact that if you have that awareness, you're like, wait a minute, this is exactly what I asked for. Mm. It's it, it, it's not it's not I, I asked to help people. The key thing was helping people. Am I still helping people? Yes, I'm still helping people. And like you said, I get to do it from. And the beauty of it is, I can do it from anywhere. Yeah. All I need is internet. And pretty much, you can get internet connection at the library. You can get internet connection at McDonald's. You can get internet connection at hotels. So I can actually be mobile. Mm-hmm. I can still do what I love. I can interview people. I can coach people from anywhere. It's something that it takes great discipline because at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, I don't have to do this. But it's just who I am. It's just what I do. Kind of like yourself. You know, Mm. I really don't have to coach. But you have to coach because it's who you are. Mm. It's not going to stop. Like, okay, you're going to be 80 years old and you're still going to be coaching. As long as your body allows you to get up and go, even if you can't physically take part, your mind is still active. Absolutely. It means you're still going to be coaching. <laughs> what, what would you like to see happen in, in the coaching world? I mean, we have so many different coaching modalities, if you will, of different people coming into the coaching world, people who are legitimately trying to help people, and then people who are just doing it for a buck, a quick buck. What would you like to see happen? I would, I would like to see there be uh, a sanctioning body, I guess you could say. Now, in Europe, they have... Yes, I spoke with someone last night, yes. They have a sanctioning body, and you have to go through them. And you have to even buy insurance to coach. Because you are dealing with people's minds, their emotions. Here in the States, we don't have that. So there's no, your legitimacy comes in your work. Mm-hmm. And if you do good work, then it shows. If you don't do good work, well, then how legitimate are you when your clients run screaming? <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to, you know, I would love to see a sanctioning body here in the United States, so that that way at least there's, you know, again, cars just aren't made. Cars don't mystically, magically put themselves together. Cars go in, pieces go in, on the line, and the car gets put together. And what we see is the finished product. But what came in was just part. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could have something like that, almost like a coaching factory here in the States, where you go in raw material you come out a polished coach because like you said there's so many different coaching modalities where you might want to just specifically hone in on one type of coaching what can happen to a lot of coaches is seeing that there's so many different things you can coach about they never focus on one thing long enough to actually get good at it Mm. they kind of hop around just to have a title and they never really focus and I think if you can have like that factory type of system, that that sanctioning body for coaching, I think it would one give really, really solid credence and legitimacy to the coaching world here in the states. 
but it would also ensure that the people coming out are ready and they understand not only coaching, but they understand the business of coaching because you get so many people who pay all this money and they fail. It's not that they're bad coaches, but they don't understand the business Mm -hmm. of coaching, Mm -hmm. which is completely different than coaching people. I mean, I would love for that to happen. Will it happen one day? Eventually. Hopefully, hopefully it will. That 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 would I, I think that would really be a game changer in the coaching world, especially here in the United States. Without a doubt. So let me ask you one one last question. Or two two last questions. What's the best advice you've been given by one of your coaches or your mentors? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, one 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 is one one very profound from one of my mentors when I lived in California. Uh, she said, Travis, she's like, look, like, you know, you got 36 years. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, okay. If you don't pretty much have a grasp on it of you in 36 years, you lived half your life as a child, as a minor. You lived half your life as an adult. And if you don't have a concept or grip by then, you have a problem. Mm. <laughs> and I sat back and I analyzed that and I'm like, you know what, you're absolutely right. Because at that point, you've created such core beliefs and values that are either good, bad, or indifferent. Trying to change them, you would have to have a complete meltdown. Complete meltdown. To find out who you are as an individual at the age of 36 could be mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who, who are in their 50s and don't know who they are. Bingo. So, I mean, that really hit home for me because when I, when I got that advice, I wasn't 36 yet. Mm. So it kind of put it like, whoa, all right, Trav, um, you really need to put these things in perspective and you really need to make sure that you remember this because, again, you're helping people. You're going to run into people like that. Basically, is what she was trying to tell me. You know, you're going to run into a lot of people like that, right? You, you coach people. Mm. <laughs> you deal with people. You're going to run into people who have gone through life with this facade of who they thought they were and then run into themselves one day and can't handle it. So that was very profound. That has always stuck with me since I got that advice. That, that really, really helped. You know, I've read so many, so many books and I've studied so many people. I've read enough Napoleon Hill to think of that man as a mentor. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> you know, never met the man. Of course, couldn't meet the man because I wasn't even thought of yet. But the things that he has left the world, and there's just so much mm-hmm. that he's left and so much that people don't, okay, groups and pockets of people know, study, and apply his teaching. Mm-hmm. His teaching should be put in school. It should be part of curriculum at every level. Because there's levels to the stuff that he's got, as you know. Absolutely. So, I mean, literally, there's stuff that you could apply in grade school. There's stuff that you could apply in high school. There's stuff that you could apply in college. All to get you ready for actual life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible, you know, w- when you think about the forward thinking that he had and 
and just the genius of what he was able to do and put out there so that we can benefit from it. That's, that's a, a true, real coach right there. And people will always go back to him. And, and no matter who you are, if you have never read Napoleon Hill, it's time you do. Am I right? It's time. It, it, look, <laughs> he's got so much work. And here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. If you get on YouTube and search Napoleon Hill, you can watch videos. Hours and hours. You can watch yes. of, of, of him doing audio books. I mean, his stuff is, is, is mind-blowing. As a matter of fact, books sit next to my bed. Success through a positive mental attitude. Napoleon Hill and W. Credit Stone. Mm. Book is mind-blowing. It is. It is. It sits next to my bed. So, let, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I have one on my coffee table. I have one on my desk over here. So let me let me ask you, what advice would you give someone who may be thinking, hmm, I like what Travis is saying. and I'd like to do what Travis is doing. What advice would you give them? I would say, make sure you're ready. This job is not, or, or this lifestyle is not for the faint of heart. Make sure you yourself are ready. When I got into coaching, I had lived a lot of life already. And you're going to hear things. People are going to expose you to things that you might not be ready for. So make sure you're ready. Make sure you're at a peace. You have your peace of mind. That you are secure in yourself first. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, the door will open. I mean, the age-old saying, you know, when the, when, when, when the student is ready, the master will appear. Without a doubt. And you will, and you will be guided. Once you're ready and you make your mind up, I'm ready. I want to do this. Let's go. Out of nowhere, things will happen. You'll be put in contact with people. You'll bump into somebody. You'll see a book that's calling you. It literally is like, pick me up. I'm over here. Mm. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and put me on the counter and buy me and then take me home and read me. Those things will happen once you get yourself ready. And if you're ready, don't give up. Continue to believe in yourself because the more you believe in yourself, the more you will believe in your practice. Beautifully said. Awesome. Awesome. W one thing that always uh, kind of like lets people think about their future, um, especially with health. One of the things I'll say to someone is I'll say, let's say let's say they're ten pounds overweight, and and let's say they're thirty years old, and I'll ask them a question. I said, "How much overweight do you want to be when you're 50? And They look at me, and I'm like, "Yeah." Or how about forty? How much do you want to be? Twenty or thirty pounds overweight at forty? And how about fifty? And they look at me like I'm strange, and I'm like, "Well, you may be that you know heavier." unless you do something today. So with what you just said, I think if anybody's looking to do something, and a lot of coaches will get out there, especially the ones that are trying to get a, make a fast buck, you got to start coaching right away. I think what you have to do right away is invest in yourself. And you cannot put a price, yeah. you cannot put a price on that. 
I mean, getting a legitimate coach to help you is priceless. Oh, very much so. I did. <laughs> it's, 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 look, and here's what's interesting. For all of you listeners out there, most really high-level coaches have coaches. Multiple. <laughs> they go to people, too. Mm. Because that's what I mean about being ready. Because you're going to, you're going to talk to somebody, and literally, you might want to invest in Kleenex because you're going to hear some things. Mm -hmm. People go through some things, and they're going to confide in you. And you're going to have to be able to sit there and connect, but not connect. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. because instead of actually doing what you're supposed to be doing and giving the proper advice. You're going to give emotional advice, and then you're not a coach. You're a friend. Sometimes you got to give it the way it is, straight. Even though it may hurt. That's the way it was meant for them to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One, one last thing so, I'd like to say yeah. is, you know, if somebody makes you angry, if somebody does anything, when you allow them to hurt you or if someone is hurting you, it's because you allowed them to take your power away. So for me, yep. and people say, you like everybody. I said, because everybody has something that they can bring to the table. Yeah, but that person was nasty to you or they were mean to you. Why are you still nice to them? I said, because they're beautiful on the inside. And they're like, you're just nuts. And I'm like, maybe I am. But I give everybody the benefit of the doubt because we all make mistakes, every one of us, and we can learn. Yes, we we can learn from each other. So, Travis, I think you and I can talk for hours. I'm so glad you and I connected. I, I, I love the conversation we had tonight, and I would love to have you back at another time. I hope that you're willing to come back and share some more. Oh, anytime, anytime, anytime. You've got an open slot. Uh, feel free. I mean, we can. We can talk coaching. We can talk. We can talk martial arts. We can talk energy. Mm. You know, it's it, 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 it's it's a it's a it's a good time, and, and I really enjoyed myself. And again, I, I really thank you for having this platform for coaches. Perfect, because it's something that nobody talks about. Nobody's talking about, mm -hmm. and I think that with you really spearheading this this charge to not only give coaches a platform, but actually allow them to kind of, you know, you know, steal shark and steal type of deal. I, I, I really, I, I, I'm just very beneficial or thankful, should I say, mm -hmm. that I was allowed to be on your show. And I think it was very beneficial, not only for me, but for, you know, the coaches and just the, just the everyday person out there listening. So, uh, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. And listen, thank you for, for enlightening me tonight because I've learned so much tonight just talking to you. Like I said, I do my best to learn from everyone. So thank you for sharing your knowledge. And what can I say? How can someone reach you if they, if they want to either be coached by you or just, man, just be your friend? <laughs> because listen... Connections are, are important in this world. Uh, we all need to connect. But if somebody needs a little bit more than connection, how can they, how can they find you? Well, I, 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 did, I did this on purpose, and people say, like, wow, I didn't think about it that way. 
Uh, you can find me. You can always email me at my name. Hmm. And I did it that way on purpose. Go, go so ahead and tell us that email. Travis Folks at email. Go ahead and give it to us anyways. Yep. Which is which is T R A B I S F O U L K S at gmail.com. And basically that's my name, Travis Folks. You can always email me. Always. Uh, I also have a one eight hundred number, which is that number is one eight hundred six seven eight zero six zero nine. Nice. And that is a one eight hundred number, toll free. Uh, of course, I am on Eastern Standard Time, but I do deal with, especially when it comes to athletes, I deal with people on the West Coast, and I've dealt with people in England. Uh, England's five hours ahead of Eastern Time. I get calls at some crazy time, so if I do not answer, leave a message, please. Yes, absolutely. And I will definitely get back to you as soon as I wake up. It's depending on your time zone. Mm. But the email, if you email me at that email address, I will. That's a guarantee. I will get back to you. Mm-hmm. Here to help you. Uh, again, feel free to reach out. No problem is too small to talk about. So just remember that, people. No problem is too small to talk about. Uh, coaches just want to talk because again coaches be coaches you want to get some stuff off your chest give me a call mm, i'm here perfect perfect awesome thank you so much and it was an honor talking with you tonight really appreciate your time and i look forward to uh, having some more chats with you hey not a problem i look forward to being on the show again and just hey just good conversation i look forward to just chatting with you about life absolutely thank you buddy have a great night all right thank you you too bye-bye I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.